Hi, this is Jay Webb for International Gospel Hour. Since 1934, Churches of Christ have proclaimed God's Word through International Gospel Hour. Please stay tuned for another lesson on this program by Jeff Archie. Are you listening? Thank you, Jay, and greetings to you and yours, dear friends. In our previous weekly broadcast, we discussed the subject, At the Cross. At the Cross, by way of brief review, we noted the following, that at the cross, sin was magnified. According to 1 John 2, verses 1 and 2, Christ was our propitiation, or the appeasement for sin. He was made to be sin for us, as Paul recorded in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21. The plague and the destruction of sin was magnified greatly at the cross. At the cross, innocence was vilified. Even Pilate acknowledged Christ had no fault and nothing worthy of death was found in him. Luke 23, 13-15 At the cross, the sinner was justified. Through the blood that was shed upon the cross, as we read in Romans 5 and verse 9, blood that brought forth redemption, as we read in Romans 3 and verse 24. As the blood was shed and redemption was brought forth, one is justified, or as it is defined, just as if I'd never sinned. At the cross, the saved work sanctified. 2 Thessalonians 2, 13 and 14 tells us that we are set apart by the gospel, wherein is the message of redemption, Romans 1 and verse 16, and 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. And at the cross, love was personified, as we note from John 3 and verse 16, how that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So, by way of brief review, at the cross, sin was magnified, innocence was vilified, the sinner was justified, the saved work sanctified, and love was personified. No one can pause, consider these things, and not be touched, not be affected, to see its salvation unto us as sinners, and strength granted to those of us as his saints. Dear friends, Let us once again go to the cross, but before we begin our study, our J. Webb has a special study on the cross. J. Hey friends, for listening today, we'd like to send you absolutely free a book titled The Glory and Agony of the Cross. May we send it to you? Please call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and leave your name, address, and just say, Cross Book. That's it. Again, call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988. And please leave your name, address, and just say, Cross Book. You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com, click on the Contact tab, and leave us the same information, name, address, and type Cross Book. We'll send it right away. We trust this study of the cross of Christ will be encouraging. Let's go back to Jeff. Again, dear friends, our lesson text is from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 2 through 5. Paul writes, For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. 
I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. A quick review of these four verses tell us that preaching Christ and Him crucified indeed is the power of God. That as we read of the crucifixion of Christ that was brought forth by the Spirit through the Word of God, it has tremendous power, and our faith should lie in that power of the cross of Christ. Now let's continue our study at the cross. At the cross, prophecy was verified. There are over 100 prophecies in the Scripture concerning Jesus Christ, and all were fulfilled. It is quite amazing when one looks at specific prophecies and their fulfillment. For example, a child born without a human father, thus the virgin birth. In the garden, Jesus prayed in Matthew 26, verses 54 and 56, that the Scriptures be fulfilled. When we look at Matthew 26:56, a prophecy that roots back to Lamentations 4 and verse 20 of how the anointed of the Lord was taken in their pits, of who we said, under his shadow we shall live among the heathen. Wow, what a fulfillment of Scripture. And yes, dear friends, even at the cross... He was numbered with the transgressors, as we note from Mark 15:28, and that was prophesied in Isaiah 53, verse 12. For that matter, all of Isaiah 53 is sufficient of the prophecy of Christ that was verified. The reading of John 19, 34-37 says, But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water came out. And he who has seen has testified, and his testimony is true. And he knows that he is telling the truth, so that you may believe. For these things were done, that the scripture should be fulfilled, not one of his bones shall be broken. And again another scripture says, they shall look on him whom they pierced. This scripture of John 19, 34-37 fulfills two other scriptures from the Old Testament, Psalm 34 and verse 20, and Zechariah 12 and verse 10. These are words that were penned centuries before they were fulfilled. The amazing power of biblical prophecy concerning the Christ. This adds another layer of great power within God, within Christ, and at the cross. I go back and consider Isaiah 53 we mentioned moments ago. On previous broadcast of the International Gospel Hour, we have dealt with Isaiah the 53rd chapter, and all of those studies are available through our podcast partners. We'd like to encourage you to refer to them or contact us, and we'll be glad to share those broadcasts with you absolutely free. When we think about that prophecy of Isaiah 53 and all the prophecies in the Old Testament and how they were verified at the cross, it is astounding to take a look at the power of God and the preaching of the cross of Christ. Number two, at the cross, the law was nullified. 
We note this from Colossians chapter 2 and verse 14, when the Bible tells us that he took the law out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Of interest is Galatians chapter 3, verses 24 and 25, to where Paul said, Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith is come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. This is of great interest, of the faith that came that we note back in verse 23, that before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. And then when we continue on into 24 and 25, the law was our schoolmaster. Some translations call schoolmaster a tutor. When you look at that word schoolmaster, it is a teaching or a word that says little lad leader. I like the way that is uh, termed all with the letter L's or the letter L for every word there rather. That he is the little lad leader. The schoolmaster would bring the lad to be taught to the school. He would prepare him, he would get him ready, and then the schoolmaster or the tutor would bring him to be taught, and then his job was done. The law was our schoolmaster, our little lad leader, to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith, the faith that were that was to come, and when that faith is come, we are no longer under the schoolmaster. Paul instructs here in the book of Galatians that when we're brought to Christ, we are no longer under the law or the old covenant. Allow Paul to talk more of this from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 13 through 16. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who hath made both one, and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. Again, that's Ephesians two thirteen through 16 When Paul speaks to those in the church at Ephesus, who sometimes were far off, That is a reference going back to the book of Acts chapter 2, to where the promise was made unto their children and unto those that are afar off, even as many as the Lord God shall call. We learn from Acts the 10th chapter, when the wall of partition was broken down, when Peter was commanded to go to the house of Cornelius, and we learn of the first Gentile converts, if you will, and they were made nigh or brought together by the blood of Christ. Where was the blood of Christ shed? It was shed at the cross of Christ. And of course, when we find that he broke down that middle wall of partition between Jew and Gentile, he abolished in his flesh or by his death on the cross even the law of commandments contained in ordinances. He wanted to make in himself of two one new man, therefore making peace. He would reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross. When we think about the body, we think about the body being the church, as we note from Ephesians 1, 22 and 23 and Colossians 1 and verse 18. 
This is a powerful passage from Ephesians chapter 2, verses 13 through 16. We also learn through a careful study of Hebrews the 8th chapter that we are under a better covenant with Jesus Christ. Verse 6 speaks of a better covenant with better promises. And in Hebrews 8, verses 6 through 13, when that new covenant was promised, we find that that new covenant was promised was a fulfillment of a prophecy from Jeremiah 31, verses 31 through 34. And we have that better covenant, we have that new covenant, by the cross of Jesus Christ. At the cross, the law was nullified. We should be able to do as commanded in 2 Timothy 2 and verse 15, to study to show ourselves approved unto God, to be workmen that needeth not to be ashamed, and rightly divide the word of truth. To understand that the old covenant and the words therein, that was a commandment unto Israel, unto the Jew. But the new covenant that comes through Christ and through the death on the cross that brings forth the new covenant, we are able to embrace and understand that that is a covenant that is for everyone. A careful study of Hebrews chapters 8 and 9 brings forth such power in the new covenant that is done at the cross of Jesus Christ. So, dear friends, at the cross, the law was nullified. We now live, as Paul said in Galatians 2.20, we live by the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. We're going to pause here just for a moment. Our brother Jay Webb, our announcer, had a free study on the cross that he had mentioned earlier in our broadcast. In case you missed that offer, let's go back to Jay one more time. Hey friends, for listening today, we'd like to send you absolutely free a book titled The Glory and Agony of the Cross. May we send it to you? Please call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and leave your name, address, and just say Cross Book. That's it. Again, call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and please leave your name, address, and just say cross book. You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com, click on the contact tab, and leave us the same information, name, address, and type cross book. We'll send it right away. We trust this study of the cross of Christ will be encouraging. Let's go back to Jeff. At the cross, dear friends, justice was satisfied. Justice in that one receives what is deserved. This is such a difficult point, but one that you and I need to grasp and embrace. You see, Jesus did not deserve to die because of what he did. We deserve to die because we, as sinful individuals, not living the lives that we could on our own. Let's go back and think on this a little bit more. In Isaiah 59 and verse 2, God says, But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Sin is against God. He will not have anything to do with sin. The wages of sin is death. Romans 6 and verse 23. According to 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 21, 
Christ was made to be sin for us. He is the only substitute for our sins, as we note from Hebrews 9 and verse 22, And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. It would take the blood of His Son and His Son only for the justice of our sins, not His sins, but ours. Our sins had separated us from God, and the only one that could bring us back to God is Jesus Christ Himself. He is the only substitute for our sin. When we think about the blessing that God granted in giving Jesus Christ, I want us to think for a moment of a text in Romans chapter 5. Actually, I want us to look at several verses from Romans 5 and then bring forth a point here concerning justice is satisfied. In Romans chapter 5, beginning with verse 6, the Bible says, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us in that, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more, being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. You see, dear friends, look at those descriptions. Ungodly in Romans 5, 6. Sinners in Romans 5, 8. Enemies in Romans 5, 10. Not very pleasant words to describe us, would you not agree? But when we notice especially in verse 9, being now justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath. Justice was satisfied. The wrath was upon us. Again, dear friends, this is such a difficult point, but one that we need to hold to. It was not the sin of Christ that kept Him on the cross. It was our sins that nailed Him to the cross. He bore our sins that we may have life eternal. What a great, great gift granted unto man. And in Isaiah 59 and verse 2, when we learn that our iniquity is separated between us and God, we are stunned beyond belief that when we stop and truly think of the price that Jesus paid at the cross and how justice was satisfied, would to God that we would hold to that verse in Romans 5, verse 9, We shall be saved from wrath through Him. Would to God, as we are at the cross, to see that there is not one thing you nor I could have done to save ourselves. We were the ones that deserved death due to our sin. Dear friends, if this does not shake us, what will? If this does not renew our faith... What will it take? Again, dear friends, there is not one thing that I could have done to save my sin. I can't bear my own cross up Calvary's hill and die for me or die for you. We learn from a study in Hebrews chapter 10 that, especially verse 4, the blood of bulls and goats could not take away sin. 
It was at the cross that justice was satisfied. And it was at the cross of Christ that you and I could have redemption. You and I could have salvation. You and I could live for a better tomorrow. We have talked about eight different things at the cross. By way of bringing our broadcast to a close here momentarily, let's go over them once again since we put them over to broadcast. Let me say that our first broadcast is available through our podcast partners, and we will be more than happy to direct you to them. If you have any questions of wanting part one of this broadcast, then please contact us at the internationalgospelhour.com website and leave us a contact matter, contact information, and we will get that information to you. You can also find on our website our podcast listings that uh, that are listed there on our website. Just click on podcast on our page, scroll down, and you will see a picture of the podcast partners that we work with. Now, let's summarize very quickly. At the cross, we noted the following eight things. Sin was magnified, innocence was vilified, the sinner was justified, the saved work sanctified, love was personified, prophecy was verified, the law was nullified, and justice was satisfied. Highlights from each one as we conclude. Sin was magnified. Think of the passage of 1 John 2, 1 and 2. He was the propitiation. He paid for our sins because sin was so great, it took Christ and His cross to be stronger than the strength of sin. When we think of innocence being vilified, let's keep in mind that even Pilate acknowledged Christ had no fault. When you and I look very carefully, and this would be a study in and of itself, of how many laws were broken when Christ was on trial and when he was crucified. Again, Pilate said from Luke twenty-three thirteen through 15 that Christ was innocent and had done nothing worthy of death. At the cross, the sinner was justified. Let's note in that text, Romans 3 and verse 24. And always remember the word justified properly defined is just as if I'd never sinned. It was through the blood of Christ that we can receive forgiveness of our sins just as if we had never sinned. Oh, does that not stand true when we are baptized into Christ based upon our faith and our repentance and our confession of Christ and we are buried with Him in baptism, Romans 6, 3-6. We crucify the old man of sin and we are raised to walk in a newness of life. The old robe was tattered and worn and torn, but the new robe was brand new and had never been born. The best thing in our lives that we ever will do is to take off the old robe and put on the new. Love that song. The fourth thing, the saved work sanctified. In that we learn of sanctification, how we are set apart for God and His service at the cross, we're set apart by the gospel message, Second Thessalonians two thirteen and 14, and it's that message, the gospel, that brings forth redemption, Romans 1, verse 16. At the cross, of course, love was personified. Let's remember John three sixteen. 
For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And then today we quickly looked over these texts, or these points with the text provided. Prophecy was verified. We looked, for example, at Jesus in the garden in Matthew 26, 54, and 56, and that took us back to Lamentations 4 and verse 20. We also noticed in Mark 15:28 he was numbered with the transgressors. We find that back in Isaiah 53 and verse 12. When we think about at the cross and we look at the prophecy that was verified, that strengthens the entire Bible from the end of Genesis to the amen of the Revelation. At the cross, we noted the law was nullified. Yes, very plain, very simply, nailed to his cross, Colossians 2 and verse 14. To remember that the law was nullified, that we may be under Christ, the faith of Christ, as we noted from Ephesians 2, 13 through 16, and Galatians 3, 24 and 25. And then finally, as we noticed, a beautiful point, Justice was satisfied, not beautiful in the fact that Christ died such a cruel death for you and I, but beautiful in the fact that we ourselves do not have to suffer that death, but that we shall be saved from wrath through Christ. The wrath of God is not upon our lives. Dear friends, I hope this study at the cross has been an encouragement to you. And once again, at the cross, sin was magnified. Innocence was vilified, the sinner was justified, the saved work sanctified, love was personified, prophecy was verified, the law was nullified, and justice was satisfied. As we come to a close, I want to pause and think and to remember my friend, Brother Wendell Winkler. Some time ago, Brother Winkler, a faithful gospel preacher, brought forth these points in a study together among other preachers. And we treasure this study at the cross. And I want to thank Brother Wendell Winkler for those thoughts. And in honor of his sons, Dan and Mike, I've mentioned him today on this broadcast. Let's continue another time, shall we? I'm Jeff Archie for the International Gospel Hour. Thanks for joining me today. And dear friends, keep listening. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. We hope first that it glorified God, but second, we hope that it edified you. Listen to it again if you need to or to other lessons in this series by going to the media tab at our site internationalgospelhour.com. God, we